You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Oh, it's awesome being with you guys. We have done a bunch of these services, Brian, and every time we do them, what makes it so much fun is seeing the kids. That's true. So, like, this is our fifth service. Fifth service. All of them have been great. Fantastic. And uh, so we're about to see... A really cool deal. Tell us yep. what we're going to do. So my name is Brian, and I'm the uh, next-gen minister for the church. So I work with kids from basically birth through 18. And we decided to do something super fun with you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to have all the kids in this room, if they could stand up right now and head back to that corner, we're going to do a special impromptu Christmas story uh, thing. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so if really you're a kid cool. right now, elementary age, young head kid, big kid, uh, follow me over here, and we're going to do a special Christmas story There you go. You're going to have skit. fun. Okay, so we were out the other day in the, in the valley, and we decided, Brian and I decided to kind of like get a gauge on what people, how people experience joy during Christmas. And so we did this like street interview deal. It was really cool. And uh, somebody said, uh, so you guys have your own TV show, the Ryan and Brian TV show? And I said, yes, it's on the channel of North Valley. Uh, so check out this uh, interviews that we did asking people, how do they experience joy during Christmas? I am standing here with Santa Claus. Santa Claus, so great to be with you. So one question I have is, what brings you the most joy during the Christmas season? I think it's always the, the look in the kids' eyes when they see me, it's their eyes light up. We're just uh, excited to talk with people and hear a little bit about why uh, and what brings them joy during Christmas. So could you share a little bit about what brings you joy during Christmas? Um, I think the thing that probably brings me the most joy is like family. More family tends to come around for Christmas, so you see more people and you get to uh, hang out with them. And then people are always nicer around Christmas. Everybody's like more willing to give, so that's probably it. What brings you the most joy during the Christmas season? I really enjoy seeing kids with their families, their parents. Um, that's really special to me because I don't have a family. So it's really nice to see the sparkle in their eyes when they get to see Santa as well. And I love taking photos of them as Something that brings me joy is spending time with my family and going out of state. I go to Mexico. Well, I like when me and my family get together before Christmas, and then we make uh, stockings. And we've always done it since we're little kids, so like we always do it every year. And this year, I bought all the stockings this year, so we can do. It. I bought it for my little brothers, sisters, my mom, and them all uh, different stockings, so we could all decorate them, make them. Oh come on! Sheesh. What brings you the most joy during Christmas? Every day that I wake up. Period. Every day. Just walk around and see and feel and hear and be alive. Absolutely. Yes, and I would say family. Family, bring the, just the joy in their faces, us being together, playing games, staying up all night, watching movies, that's what brings us the most joy. We're here to just find out a little bit more about what people and animals think about the joy of Christmas. I'm going to go over here and interview one of these pigeons. One moment. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Pigeon. Could you tell me, what, what brings you the most joy during Christmas time? 
I guess the spirit of giving, uh, making somebody happy by giving them something. Um, I like to go out and help homeless people because I was homeless for a year and it was really tough and complete strangers helped me out. I understand you're maybe a little concerned here. I see you giving me a little exercise. It's, it's just okay, just a real quick answer. Okay, so I'm sitting here with the Salvation Army doing the most good. So what brings you the most joy during the Christmas season? Well, uh, for all uh, people, uh, <clears throat> get, get together, families, relatives uh, from all over the world, all over the states, and um, uh, well, uh, it's really joyful. This is real quick. Here we go. What brings you the most joy, Mr. Bird? Please don't poop on me. We really don't deserve none of his love. We love him so much, but he leave us. He loves us much more that he gave his only begotten son. For whoever lived in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And we can never pay that for nothing. Not only the richest millionaire in the world can pay for that. I think you've done it. I think you preached my message. Thank you very much. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. Well, I just think that was such an awesome time. You know, I think uh, sometimes we get so caught up in what's happening, we forget to reflect on what brings us joy, what makes us actually happy during uh, the Christmas time. So I'll have you guys stay right there, and we'll go ahead and start the story. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Joseph, Mary, right this way. Come on now, Mary. And to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that he should be delivered. Here's baby Jesus. And she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and then laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same fields, same country, shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Looks like a flock of donkeys and camels. No sheep, but that's all right. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Angels. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were sore afraid. Shepherds, are you guys scared? <laughs> you can be scared. Be a little scared. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Flap your wings. There you go. Glory to God in the highest. And peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Quick! Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. Can you guys run? 
All right. Came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. All right. Thank you guys so much. You guys want to give a round of applause? All right. All right, guys, you can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you guys so much for your help. Good job, guys. All right. You guys look great. Can we give them another round of applause? They did awesome. Great job, angels, shepherds, Joseph and Mary. Hey, guys, uh, you know, one of the things that the angel said was uh, this phrase. He said, and the angel said to them, uh, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Uh, that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I read this passage and I think, what is Christmas all about? Well, I think the angel Gabriel actually tells us right there. It's about the good news of Jesus and it's about great joy. And I think one of the things that we have to remember is that when we look at the story of Scripture in the narrative account that Luke gives us in the gospel is that this is a historical account. Uh, Christmas story is not a, a, a fairy tale. It's not a fable. It's not, it's not uh, some kind of uh, form of fiction. It's actually a very historical event, a supernatural event, that actually has been affirmed by lots of non-Christians that Jesus Christ actually was born in Bethlehem. The only question that's in question is Jesus really God? The Bible affirms Jesus was fully divine and then fully human. When you and I come to the Christmas story and we celebrate it and we remember, along with two other billion Christians around the world that are doing the same thing, uh, we've got to ask maybe a couple of questions. Can I really believe this story? And secondly, what's the story really all about? You can believe the story like I said, Roman historians and Jewish historians and folks that are not believers in Jesus Christ as the Messiah have absolutely affirmed this event did happen. So the Christmas story is a historical event. The Bible is a historical book. There's uh, uh, 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. There's 40 different authors giving one divine unifying theme, and it's really all about Jesus it took 1,600 years to, com to complete. And in fact, in the Old Testament writers, they mentioned 2,600 different times that they're actually speaking the very words of God. So either these writers were crazy or they were divinely inspired. The Bible as manuscripts is ancient literature that's actually been one of the best preserved, most reliable uh, forms of manuscripts and documentation than all other literature in, in, in antiquity. In fact, recently in the news, maybe you heard about it, but their archaeologists have discovered uh, perhaps uh, the, the stone that upheld the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Indiana Jones would have been excited about that. I mean, we're finding stuff. When you read in the Bible about towns like Bethlehem, these are real geographic places. You and I could get on a plane and fly to Bethlehem today. All the cities, the customs, the events, this literally happened. The, the story of Christmas is believable. It, it, is, it is challenging at times to realize, but it was actually predicted 
the birth of Jesus. See, the prophet Isaiah predicted that uh, Jesus would be born of a virgin, and that is Mary. The prophet Jeremiah said that Jesus, the Messiah, would be a descendant of King David. That's actually happened. Je- uh, the Micah predicted that Jesus, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. That actually happened. The uh, prophets continued to say that maybe even a star would arise and give guidance uh, for people to come and give gifts of gold and frankincense, and that happened. So I believe that if you could stand here today and think about the Christmas story, not simply as some fun little fairy tale, but as a story, a historical event that gives us a place to go, wow, it's incredible. You could walk into the greatest library in the world today and you could say, could you give me books on prophecies, predictions? And a librarian would hand you perhaps a card of books and say, go read. But then if you ask the librarian, which of these books has dozens of prophecies and predictions that actually have been fulfilled? The librarian would have to give you the one book, the Bible. You can actually believe in the Bible and place your faith in trust that these words are divinely inspired uh, uh, words for us to understand. The story of the birth of Jesus Christ is not simply prophetic or historical, but it's ordinary. You see, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He wasn't born in the palace of Rome, which if I was God, maybe that's where I would want my son to be born. He was born in Bethlehem, uh, in, in what appears to be like a manger in a very humble setting. He wasn't born in the temple of Jerusalem. Like many would have thought, perhaps the Messiah would be born. He wasn't born in Narnia. He wasn't born in Middle Earth. He wasn't born in a galaxy far, far away. He was born in Bethlehem. He had a Jewish father who was a carpenter, and he had a a mother who was a devout Jewish young lady. Jesus is absolutely ordinary in all sorts of ways, fully human, but yet fully divine. The angel said when Jesus was born that the glory of the Lord was, uh, the historian Luke said that the angels were showing that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And this glory had not been witnessed in 500 years. There was a period of time when the revelation of God and the supernatural occurrence like that magnitude hadn't been seen in 500 years. But at Christmas, the first Christmas, the silence was broken This multitude of heavenly hosts appear. Gabriel, perhaps, was the the leader of the angel's army. The sky would be filled with this magnitude and multitude of armies of angels witnessing, announcing this birth. And so what is it all about? The angel says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. He says, I bring you good news of great joy. Good news means That there's something good for us all. And it's said to be for all people. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. You know what that means? Is that people need saving. That people need help. That we need a Messiah. That we need a, a Savior. To become a Christian, we have to come to that place where we say, I need God. Some of us have to hit rock bottom before we could say that. Some of us, it just takes a simple step of faith and say, I want my life to be better. I believe Jesus is the Lord. But the angel says this, what is Christmas all about? It's about the good news. It's about salvation, eternal life, seeing our, our family and our friends in heaven for eternity, spending eternity in heaven, trusting in Christ is the best life. It's good news. We can find forgiveness and hope and healing. This is good news, the angel Gabriel says, but it should do something in us. 
It should do something, it should produce in us not a simple level of happiness, but of great joy. Do you know that the word joy is mentioned in the Bible 200 times? But see, the angel says something totally different here. He says, great joy. See, that word, that phrase, great joy, is actually only mentioned 10 times in the Bible. I studied it in preparation for this. I thought, what would be my greatest gift to you is perhaps help maybe refill a level of great joy into your life by proclaiming and teaching, or maybe helping you connect to this great joy for the very first time. See, every time the phrase great joy is mentioned in the Bible, guess who it connects to? Jesus. There's no other phrase connected to Jesus like great joy than this phrase. If you want the greatest level of joy in your life, it has to be in relationship to Jesus. See, the angel said it is good news that would bring great joy. And then Matthew's gospel, when the wise men go to see the star, they see the star. And then the Matthew account says that they were filled with great joy. Later in Matthew's account, when the disciples run to see the tomb, perhaps to see where Jesus' body has been buried, they find an empty tomb. And they realize Jesus was fulfilling prophecies even there in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't dead. He was alive. And guess what they were filled with? Great joy. Additionally, in the Bible, it goes on to share that when Jesus ascends into heaven, the disciples worship and they experience, the gospel writers record, great joy. Additionally, when the apostles had planted the church and and Jesus had given the Holy Spirit after Pentecost and men, women, and children are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, they experience great joy as a result of starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. The scripture is filled with this great joy, but it always connects to Jesus. And so I ask you this question, do you have great joy in your life? See, joy is found in a person. It's not found in a possession. Somebody could give you a car, give you a house, give you a large sum of money, but that wouldn't produce great joy. It might produce a little happiness, but it's not gonna produce that great joy. Great joy is reserved for the Christian who trusts Jesus Christ as Lord. And in that relationship, there's an, an unexplainable joy that can get you through life. And see, joy is like a journey. When I first became a Christian, I experienced this great joy. But see, over time, when you become a Christian, you go through the hardships and the struggles and you realize, good grief, it feels like my faith is wearing out a little bit. And you can ask God, God, could you fill me up with more joy? The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome and he says, this to discourage Christians. He said, may the God of hope fill you with joy. See, some of us need to be refilled. We feel a little empty. Maybe the holiday season is really tough for you. I don't know what your story is, but I do know this, that God wants to give you joy. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he says, in me is the joy that I share with the Father, and I want my joy to be in you. The greatest joy you'll ever experience in life, friends, is found in a person, not in any possession. I want to share with you a story about a young lady who experienced great joy by coming to know Jesus Christ. So Emma, you have been a part of the church for now how long have you been a part of the church? I'd say about six or seven months. Six or seven months. And as I understand, you really didn't have a lot of church background and Christian faith background, but something new started here at North Valley. Why don't you share just for a moment uh, kind of how God started working in your life through North Valley? When Beth brought me down to North Valley, I didn't think much of it because of the other churches I've gone to. 
and uh, when I came here it was just open arms just right away. Everyone was super inviting, everyone was super sweet and just wanted to help me learn about such an amazing thing. I was excited to come into church like every Sunday morning like I never felt that way like it was just it was really different for me to be excited for something that I never thought I'd actually believe in so so Emma I know that your story is similar to my wife's story in that you were dating a guy and uh, kind of filling your life with a relationship with another guy but then you realized maybe you needed something more than a relationship with a guy. You needed a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why don't you share share a little bit about that? So I was dating a guy for a little over a year. And then um, when I started coming to church, I started to realize that it wasn't what I needed. I, I did start to realize that um, the Jesus was making an impact on me and starting to just like fill a gap and I didn't realize what it was. I didn't realize what was happening, but I soon um, did break it off with him and he had asked me actually if church was a semi reason why I was breaking up with him and I was like, honestly, maybe, maybe a little bit because it, it, it was filling a part of me that I did not know that could be filled because it was just... It was wholeheartedly uh, upon Jesus Christ that was making a relationship with me. And there's a story that I understand. You were you work at Barrow's Pizza <laughs> and you do you wash the dishes. I was standing at work, just a regular work day, not busy at all, and I I just felt so stressed, so overwhelmed with things going on in that relationship, and I. I stood there for a second and I just remember just thinking, okay, just take this from me. Just Lord, take this from me. I don't need this stress. Like I just don't, I can't take this anymore. Just please take this from me. And all of a sudden it was just instant relief. Everything was gone. I felt weightless. It was the craziest moment of my life. Like it was so just powerful. I didn't realize that and that was even possible. Dishes. I was washing dishes. <laughs> like I was washing dishes at work. And all of a sudden I was just like, wow, like I just instantly became happier. What led you to go public with your faith uh, through baptism? Just having the, the support from everyone in that church, just because I go to church with everyone, like every Sunday, like I see all these people, I just thought it was the, the best idea for it's myself. A no for yeah, you. yeah, yeah, I didn't like, even think Christian, twice about I'm it. Yeah, get yeah, and it was just, it was so much fun. Just to, oh, the, the baptism was pretty crazy. I actually, I, I sometimes I just like, really like to rethink about it because it's just, it's such a great We've feeling. We've got it on video too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yes. Emma, how is Christmas going to be different this year for you? It's going to be different just because I want to learn about uh, Jesus a little bit more. Not more than I want to, but it's just, it's different to, to hear the different stories because I never grew up with like the, the big Christmas stories about Jesus Christ. So I don't know, since, since I started with the church, it's just, I've, I'm happier. Like this Christmas time, it's just happier for me. Like everything's just cheerful and upbeat. and. Everything just seems a little bit better.
I think about how joy is a journey. When I first became a Christian, I experienced a level of great joy. And then what I found out is that as I spent time in growing in my faith, reading God's word and times in prayer and serving the Lord and trusting the Lord, I experienced a kind of a fill up. Like, uh, I don't know, I think for as a Christian, sometimes you can get really discouraged because you're like, man, where I don't feel God anymore like I used to. And I want to encourage you that no matter where you're at in your journey of your Christian faith, that the good news is, is that Jesus does bring great joy. And you can be human and realize that you don't always feel that great joy. So some of you today, you just need a refill. Like the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Rome, may the God of hope fill you with joy. I want to be full of joy in my life. Life, there's enough hardship going on, enough struggle and drama going on. But the Bible says that I can experience this great joy with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you maybe need to start that relationship with Christ so that you can find that great joy. You could have happiness in life apart from Jesus Christ, but you're never going to have the level of joy that the Bible talks about. And so tonight, before we go any further, I just want to pause for a moment, maybe help you do that. You got a connect card right here on the bottom of your program. Go ahead and pull that out just for a moment. And my encouragement to you is to maybe make a decision. You need days and events and mile markers in your faith at times just to kind of move forward, to get it out of neutral and then put it into gear. I want to encourage you to make some decisions tonight. Maybe tonight you're going to pray to receive Jesus Christ. I'll help you with that in just a minute. Maybe tonight you say, you know what, I want to go public with my faith. I want to be baptized. Or maybe tonight for many of us, it's just, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I want to experience that joy. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends that are here tonight. And I pray God for a, a large number of them that they would recommit themselves to Jesus Christ and be filled up with a level of joy that maybe they didn't have before they walked in here. And it happens because of you. And so, Father, for those friends of mine, I pray they would pray just a simple prayer, just silently tonight, something like this. Lord Jesus, come. Thank you for your life, your work. I open my heart and I ask you to fill me with great joy. I pray that you'd fill me up and strengthen me for my faith and my journey. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And Father, for those that maybe have uh, feel separated, distant, and unsure about whether they really are a Christian or not, I pray they would pray a simple prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge my sin. I believe in you, Jesus Christ, to forgive me of my sin. I need hope. I need joy. I receive you tonight into my life, and I confess you as Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, let's celebrate. I know many of you made that decision tonight. I'm proud of you. I like to say all the time that the Christian life is the best life, and so... Um, I'm proud of you. In just a minute, we're going to uh, pass out the offering. And if you want to, you can, you can put your Connect card in there if you'd like. Um, or you can turn it in at the Connection Corner. And we have a gift for you, those of you that are new. Um, but before we receive our offering, I just want to take a minute just to share uh, my gratitude and thanks for God's work through you guys at North Valley and your generosity and how it makes an impact. 
Uh, first is, uh, you might have seen some of these boxes right here, but we just delivered uh, 87 of those boxes and we'll have more than 100 plus boxes of food that are going out to needy families in the Deer Valley Unified School District. And not only that, but you guys as a church, you recently, we, you worked with the Paseo Hills Elementary Principal to support 11 desperately needy families and 25 of their kids. Additionally, here recently, uh, because of the generosity of the church, 165 teachers and faculty received Christmas gifts at Barry Goldwater High School. Additionally, we were able to sponsor projects with Sandra Day O'Connor and Norterra Canyon. We were able to send a CARES team out over the year for single moms and people in need. So if you ever got a neighbor in need, you can say, my church cares. And you can let us know and we'll send a team over to minister to help if somebody's fallen way behind and, and can't help themselves. We've scholarship kids. We've supported missionaries. We've helped, we've helped start a church and strengthen other churches. We helped build two houses in Mexico. We've contributed to help build a student center. But what's greatest of all is seeing the life change through baptism. Uh, we've seen it in the videos before and I've got a highlight video just to show you some of them. But families and, and children and, and moms and dads proclaiming their faith in Christ through baptism. And, you know, when you give at North Valley, it fuels this very ministry. And this, this year, what we've done is we've, because of the growing church that we're experiencing, we've had to, we're trying to open up new buildings and open up more parts of the campus. But kind of what was crazy and shocking to us is there was a, a uh, the church responded financially to help with that. But as a result, one of the side effects was our general fund went down significantly. And so uh, the general fund fuels this kind of ministry, just the everyday ministry, the baptisms, people coming to know Jesus, learning, making sure we have teachers and staff and have a facility and all that. And as a result of our campus development, made some of the general fund started to, to, to weaken up. So our elder team started to pray. And, and then God sent somebody to us not too long ago, I had a donor step forward and he really wanted to help expand the ministry and the mission of North Valley, making sure this would be a church that when you drive down I-17, you would see that this church is here and fuel it and fund it. And he wanted us to help with the bigger picture and the vision of North Valley. But when he found out about the general fund need, he said, I want to designate up to $200,000 in a matching gift. That's something to celebrate just real quick. I've never seen anything like that, never heard anything like that. And so uh, to help catch up the church. And so when you give a gift of any amount, it's doubled uh, up to December 31st. Um, so if you gave 50 bucks, it turns into 100. I had uh, uh, yesterday, a young little girl came up to me and she said, this is no, no joke. She said, I've been saving for a whole year my tithe for my allowance. Here's $100. Isn't that special? Um, so... If when you give of any amount, it, it'll double. If you gave 500, it'll go to 1,000. 5,000, it'll go to 10. So my encouragement is, hey, if, if you like this church, if you, if you want to be a part or you want to help see this kind of church continue to make an impact for Jesus Christ in the North Valley, contribute and contribute generously. So let's take advantage of this opportunity. In just a minute, the ushers are going to come around and receive an offering. And you got till December 31st. So if tonight's not a good time for you, you need to go home, talk about it, think about it, pray about it. Um, you can go online and do that at any time. Thanks for being a part tonight. We're going to continue to worship. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.